You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Yeah, so I didn't know about the Kevin Smith uh, heart attack until you had, you had posted something on Facebook. Yeah, dude. Then I had to immediately Google he it. He had a major heart attack. Well, that's what he says. You know, he always <laughs> dabbles <laughs> in a bit of hyperbole. He's a writer, after I feel all. Like, I feel like he's not really like exaggerating well, listen, what's how, going on. He how talks major about, can it be, though, if you're he conscious? He talks about how he had complete blockage in one of his major arteries, eh. and that's what made him pass out. Yeah, I know, but he's still alive, his, so his, really... Because they think, rushed him to a hospital, cut into his groin, and like... Well, first of all, that's not where stint. your heart is at all. That's well, they just had to bad go, doctoring. That oh, is bad doctoring. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing that scares me the most. I'm like, I don't think I want someone to cut into my cock. Like, I just... Yeah, I'll just die. That happened when I was a kid. The and, doctor said that if he would have done the second show, he would have, like, be dead. killed over. Yeah, he'd be dead. Wow. So I ask you to be a little more sensitive, Joel. <laughs> no, I'm not just being good. <laughs> Just saying how people who actually have major heart attacks aren't here to tell the tale and to tweet that they have yeah, they major can't, heart they attacks. They can't verify the story. Dead people don't tweet. Dead men tell no that's, tales, that's my Jack favorite. Sparrow. <laughs> it's my favorite. That'll be the name of the next uh, Pirate of the Caribbean. It, it is Dead Men Tell No Tales. Dead Men Don't Tweet. Oh, Dead Men Don't Tweet. It'll be, it'll be an updated version of it. It's his, it's his parrot. Who would you recast? His parrot does, as Jack Sparrow? <laughs> yes, it's Jack Sparrow. Uh, I'd probably... Oh, man, that's a good question. Come back to me. Okay. <laughs> Matt, who would you recast as Jack Sparrow? In the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Go. Ooh, I've got one already. Yeah. Russell Brand. Aldous Snow. <laughs> as, as a pirate? Yeah. Oh, he's right. already kind he's of already a pirate. Got, I know, man. All, uh, all you need is a patch, and I've already got the parrot in man. a silly accent. That's mm. pretty good. That's that terrible. Good. I'll like, go with that. Yeah. I like that. Russell Brand? Skeet yeah. Ulrich. All right. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> poor, man's, poor man's Johnny Depp. God. Uh, got me too deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that that was scream, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That All right. Scream. I was like, yeah, that, yeah. I re- yeah okay, Bad I impression. That. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's like of the three movies Skeet Ulrich was in. Uh, oh. All right. So rest uh, in peace, Skeet Ulrich. So I'm, is it Ulrich? I, try, I don't know what or it is. Ulrich. Because I know, like, isn't it Lars Ulrich from Metallica? That's right. And, and it's spelled the same way. And Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich. Mm. Remember that movie he did with um, nope. uh, with Radio? Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> about like two like ex cons that that had to like drive an ice truck or something. Oh god! What? Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, listen, I I know you uh, you make up a lot of movies, but I believe that one. Because that one it that one exists. Like it a movie. fucking exists. I just can't remember what both it's called. of those actors would do, uh, especially Cuba Gooding. So we should we should get into it. Let's do it a man. little bit. We should get into this. Uh, well, wait, what are we, we getting got, into? Because we have into, a lot to get into. Well, we're getting into the like the the film phenomenon that came out in the past week. Ooh, yes, uh, Marvel's The Black Panther. Is it the Black Panther? I don't or know. Is it just I Black think it's Panther? just Black Panther. Yeah. I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> so. I saw it like the the day after it came out, yeah. and you saw what this past weekend. Saw it this past weekend after the fervor had died down a little bit, it was easier to get into uh, theaters, mm-hmm. uh, and, and saw it on like on a Saturday matinee. I feel like I'm going to piss some people off talking about this movie. You know what? Uh, don't be afraid because I'm I might be right there with you. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed I liked the it. hell out of it. I thought it was it, it was a really good movie. It's just not it's not a special perfect. Yeah, there, it's not. It kind of falls under the same category that I put Wonder Woman in. Mm-hmm. I liked the experience I had walking out of Black Panther oh. more than I enjoyed the film itself. And what I'm talking about is like the fact that like you walk out of like an Avengers movie, you walk out of Spider Man, and you see a whole bunch of just like stereotypical white nerds right. like geeking out. Us. I got to see like 
black families like yes freaking out about this and really excited about what's coming next for marvel and mm-hmm. like that gave me some some warm and and and, and soggy feelings in, in my in my trousers uh <laughs> and uh and so i thought like that's really cool i like what that's doing it's bringing people together like there's this character that is now like wakanda's captain america yeah that's cool it's not Falcon. It's not Rhodey. Right. It, this is he's the leading man. Exactly. And and I know like people go, well, there was Blade. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Blade. Yeah. Like this is this is a cool character with a cool tapestry that's being built around him. Wakanda's beautiful. Right. Uh, some of the special effects were a little, eh, but uh, but for the most part, it was a beautiful movie to look at. But the story itself. It really wasn't. It, it it wasn't spectacular. Now, how much do you know about the uh, the comic book origin? I, I know enough that like nobody gave a fuck about Black <laughs> Panther <laughs> yes. uh, until they introduced him in Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Like the the character was kind of riddled with some less than stellar storylines. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like where they put writers if they were beginning right. or on their way out. Oh, no. Uh, Black Panther was never really the marquee title. So they didn't really take a lot of liberties with the story here. Like, this is pretty much his his origin story from the... For, for the most it's part. It's not even really an it's, origin it's story. It's not really. It? It's, his, it's kind of his story. It's the story of Black Panther. Uh, and I think you said it best when we were texting back and forth. Mm-hmm. I always <laughs> That do. it was like... They, but they kind of made it the Lion King's. It's uh, so the Lion King, dude. Oh, yeah. So from the like, I I even made a Simba joke in the middle of it. When <laughs> he has he's, conversations with his spirit father. He, exactly. Uh, uh, and it, of course, you know the setting begs comparison. Everything, it, everybody else in the movie was more interesting than yes. T'Challa. Was. I love the little sister. Mm-hmm. Little sister was cool. Right. The Michonne, the character she played, the, mm-hmm. the gar- I, I loved She's her. Great. Oh yeah. Now there's uh, Michael B. Jordan, the Killmonger character. He's fantastic. I just wish they would have fleshed him out more. You didn't think he was? I don't think he was. He's one of the like, better Marvel he's villains. He's a really cool standout villain. What is it with these Marvel movies where like they take some pretty decent villains and kill them in the first movie? Like, no. Keep them a around. Spoiler a alert, bit. by the way, for Spo- those who haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. For but the whatever. twenty of you out there, uh, who haven't judging seen. by the box office, everyone has seen this movie. I know, so far. dude. Dude, uh, have like you the... seen it? I have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Cut that part out, Jeff. Cut no, it's fine. Out. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but how many times do we have to do the Marvel movie where like the the villain has like the same device or outfit or whatever yeah. that the hero has and they fight and that's the, how they even up the playing field. Like we did it in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. We did it in Iron Man 2. Yeah. We've done it in Captain America like Ant-Man. Ant-Man. We did th- Let's Inner space. Think about this a little bit. What they did do it in inner space. <laughs> That's right. Oh Fucking God. Dennis Quaid gets his uh, his special shrinking technology stolen. And that's uh, right. Got that big. Which claw. is basically Ant Man. It is Ant Man. Yeah. It? Yeah. It really is. Uh, so how many times are we going to do that? And and so it's there be was, a few more times. I think there Joe. were a few things that they did in the movie that I really liked. Like there was the part when they go to the casino and it was very James Bond esque. That was cool. That's something we really haven't seen in a Marvel movie. Right. Um, but then it just kind of devolved after that into typical superhero movie flair. And not that that's bad. No. It's just not like, this is the greatest film, or at least just Marvel movie, that's yeah. ever been made. Do you think it was an icebreaker? Like, it was one of those, like, let's test the waters with what we know has worked mm-hmm. and, and see what happens and, and go from there? I think you're you're onto something there. I think the fact that they were... They were brave enough to be unique with their world building mm-hmm. that they didn't have to worry about like let's now do what's been tested and has worked in the past it's like you've already built it up to this level and then in the third act it just kind of turns into what we've seen before and you don't have to go there like you you've 
you've put together something that for two-thirds of the film works. Yeah. It works pretty well. Joe, do you think we'd be having this conversation if so much hadn't been built up around no. this movie? No. Yeah. No. It's kind of the same thing. Like like I said, like when we talked about Wonder Woman, like... You know, people yeah. were coming out of the woodwork on that movie and like, that's a, it's a fantastic, this is the best superhero movie. This is, I think when you compare it to Superman versus Batman or Batman versus oh, Superman. of course. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, it is a crown jewel. But when you look at it just from the context of it's a movie, it's a superhero film, it's good. Okay. It's good so stuff. what did you enjoy more, Wonder Woman or Black Panther? Um, Are you more of a racist or a misogynist? I liked, I liked Wonder Woman more. I think I did too. Yeah. I, I liked Wonder Woman more despite the whole thing at the end where... <laughs> they they defeat their own purpose with it. It's not there's not one thing that's affecting people's minds. That's just how men are. We, there is no evil thing influencing everybody. Except and there then, is. There was something evil influencing everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I also uh, like the setting a little bit better though. Yeah. And maybe too. maybe I'm, I'm just. And I've talked about this before. Like I don't like movies with a lot of sand in it. I'm a lot like Anakin Skywalker <laughs> in that way. It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Even though they did as much as they could visually uh-huh. to to kind of bring me into it, I'm still like, okay, we're still. In Africa, did you get a little pissed off when they were like they're they're flying through like Wakanda as everybody knows it, and it being this like shithole, and then they go through the little like and it's suddenly it's like high tech and all this cool. Well, stuff. that's kind of one of the themes, though, isn't it? Like, should they uh, well should they be isolationists the way but that America still, is now? That's still Wakanda. Like, why are they? Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, they, that's north of North Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, why though? is North Wakanda not, not get like Wakanda. the cool shit that South Wakanda gets? Because well, they're communists. That's yeah, right. that's probably it. <laughs> um, and and I kind of felt like Martin Freeman's character and uh, and and Gollum, uh, Andy Serkis. I think they were kind of just uh, they, they were needlessly thrown in. Oh, I loved Andy Serkis's character. Did you? Yeah. Claw? No, well, yeah, because he was a he was a holdover from some of the previous Marvel movies, and it was well, yeah, he was in Avengers: Age of Ultron. That's right. So it was nice to see him bring that character back. Yeah. And then, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, Matt, they kill him too. So you have more deaths to look forward to <laughs> in that movie. But let's, I mean, let's count all the movies that Andy Serkis dies in. Let's see. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, all of them. He and Sean Bean. Yeah. Got a little contest Kong. going on. Sean Bean didn't die in uh, Pixels, though. That's right. He didn't. And neither did Andy Serkis. <laughs> because he wasn't he was in it. <laughs> or was he? he actually he was playing Cubert. you don't know that little known fact he was doing mocap, <laughs> was doing the for, mocap Q-Cat. for Cubert that's right that uh, motherfucker's everywhere so what about so you, you say you like Wonder Woman uh, I think I do too but you know I'm I'm a, a, a virile male and uh, she does a little more Slow for me down. than uh, than uh, she's playing Zelda over there right you're not listening mm-hmm. are you Jenna <laughs> um, yeah no I mean I, I I liked that setting a little bit better, um, and I, I I guess I just liked her origin story a little more. Yeah. Um, and again, with Black Panther, like we we are introduced to him already as the Black in, Panther in Civil War. Yeah. So it wasn't we didn't get to know the guy before Black Panther, mm-hmm. and like you said, he's not nearly as interesting as the people they surrounded him with. Yeah. Um, it's great that they've got this movie out of the way now, and we can introduce him and make him. More a part of the Avengers, which is weird because we've only got what like <laughs> now three that we're shutting left. down. <laughs> now that we're killing everybody off. Yeah. Although, will he be in Phase Four or whatever they're calling it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, then yeah. There you the go. the post Infinity War thing, and surely his own uh, sequel spinoffs. Yeah, uh, surely can be in his spinoffs <laughs> if you want. Uh, no, so there, I I would give it a, a B plus. Okay, it's yeah. a, a B plus movie between there and an A minus. I have to agree. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, also got to see Hamilton. Yeah, that was that was fun. Did you enjoy Chicago? I did. I, I it felt like we were in Chicago with the weather down here. <laughs> Hopefully, it was nicer up there. Nope. No. no? Uh, yeah. Well, it, it it rained a couple days, mm-hmm. uh, and it was windy. Did you know Chicago gets kind of windy? What? Well, they should call it like 
the city of wind or the something. The city of gusts. <laughs> the gust. The gusty town. The gusty. <laughs> gusty town. Gusty <laughs> town. <laughs> uh, no, it was Chicago was fun, man. Yeah, have fun on your man. New York is the city that never sleeps. Chicago is the city that stays up. A little past its bedtime. Oh, a little naughty. <laughs> Not quite rated R, <laughs> but, uh, but definitely hard PG-13. That's right, hard PG-13. You get to see uh, you know, some tits, and there's one fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you do tits, but no nipple. No nipple. Right? It's side boob. Yeah. Mostly. And then, uh, and then a fuck, and maybe a couple of shits. What? Yeah, you get a couple of shits. You get a couple of shits. In there. Yeah? All right. Yeah. I took a couple of shits. You should be on the uh, the board of visitors for <laughs> Chicago. The Visitors Bureau? Yes, thank you. think you. they'd want this? <laughs> Come to Chicago. <laughs> we got a little side move. We got no nip tits. <laughs> a fucking two shits. Uh, no, dude, I did like the, some of the touristy stuff. Went to the top of Willis Tower. Went in one of those glass box thing. Oh, I will not um, do that. Thank you. No. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to either, but I figured, you know what? I paid the $30 to come up to the top of this building. I may as well make it worth its while. And uh, I got to take one of Harper's uh, dinosaur toys. I saw that. I wondered so, what the story was behind that. Yeah. You that your was, own traveling Stanley. I'm uh, I'm terrified of flying. And so Sarah thought it'd be Aww. nice to bring a couple of things of Harper's to Aww. like, you know, kind of keep me like. It was your whoopee. It was my whoopee. And so I brought it everywhere. I took pictures. I went to the uh, the Field Museum and found like, you know, the, the Nighthawks painting and took a picture of the dinosaur in front of it. And, you know, all the, all the you know, landmarky kind of stuff. I took pictures with the dinosaur. Yeah. and. And it was nice. It kind of made the trip a little more interesting. Uh, when we went to see Hamilton, uh, I borrowed a friend's Josh Hamilton jersey. <laughs> I saw that. And Clever. Took, took a picture in front of the theater. And while I was waiting in line to get in, I was just talking, like having fake conversations with Kevin. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this musical about Josh Hamilton. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't wait. I think this is really cool. I think it's, it's unique that they use him as a subject. Uh, and then on the way out, I'm walking out. I'm like... Dude, there was no baseball in that play. At all. <laughs> what the hell? People give me the stink eye, and I, I can't tell if it's because I'm like just this guy that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, or because I'm wearing a Texas Rangers jersey in Chicago. Oh, that could be. That could be yeah. it too. But no, it was it was fun. I, I don't want to waste too much time talking about it. Well, too late. It was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I set you up for that. Yeah. That's a clue callback. It was it was great, dude. I saw the the married with children fountain. And oh, that's right. Saw Lake Michigan. Love and marriage. Yeah, Love that's the song from the beginning of the show. That's right. That's why I'm singing. Good it. job. Uh, Hamilton, though, is it? Hamilton was fantastic. Is it the Black Panther of musicals? It was. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, like, is it the hype? No, it, it, more it, than... it, it's worth the hype. The yeah? hype it lives up to the hype. It was Ooh. really good. Um, there's just something though about like modern like hip hop musicals though yeah. the way that it's performed. If I have to see one more like mulatto dancer like <laughs> like skip and like move his arms like this after doing like a line like yo, <laughs> I was like okay, I get it, I get it. Please, this I don't is, think uh, mulatto is the is the proper nomenclature. Proper nomenclature, dude. It's just there it was a it, it was a veritable rainbow coalition of people on stage to tell the story about the history of uh, of America. I can't wait to see it in 2025 when it finally. <laughs> Comes I, to Texas. I keep telling me, I'm like, guys, it's it's just like it's any other play. Like, I don't know why people can't get into that. I don't know why the, the tickets are so expensive. I don't know either. But like, eventually, people are going to be like, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And it'll, so other people will be able to come. It'll be the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Or the Phantom of the Menace. <laughs> what? What? What am I talking about? Episode two, the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Uh, so this is the Editing Bay oh. on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies, no matter what the case. Uh, we will watch a movie every week and then come back here and discuss it with each other uh, and uh, dissect it and, and take it apart, figure out what it did right, what it did wrong, and then try to put it back together our way. 
uh, and see if that would work as well. Sometimes we are lucky enough to have a guest join us. Yeah, and uh, and this week we've got uh, Colin Farrell uh, in. <laughs> I keep telling Joel, I'm like, dude, your your buddy looks like Colin fucking Farrell. Like, it, it, he's a little taller than that. I don't, I don't, I've never I've never gentleman. seen Colin Farrell in per, in person. So well, I've but, seen him next to Tom Cruise, and that's all I need to know. I've been next to Tom Cruise. What? Yeah, really? I interviewed. He was one of my first interviews. Oh, you have told this story. Yeah, I've told that story. I've got pictures. It was Picture awkward. Didn't happen. It was really awkward. I feel like every interaction that anybody has with him is awkward. It's probably awkward. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him in he, interviews. He's wearing lifts. Uh, was he really? Yeah, he was, he was wearing lifts. Was he really? Yeah, Were you he still taller lifts. than him? Uh, no. No, 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 no. He was... <laughs> He kind of managed. I'm a short guy, guys. What are you going to do? Uh, no, Matt Brundage, not a Welcome, short guy, sir, to the show. Yay! Uh, yay. And uh, and this is how, how do you know Joel? Oh man, yeah, you tell the story. I think we uh, we met back at uh, old stomping ground of a, a company and did some videos together. Did That's some right. traveling together. Yeah, shared some beds together. A little bit yeah. of love. God, slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Zip. Yeah, and, but gosh. Uh, yeah, we've just stayed in touch ever since. Mm-hmm. We're going sometimes you hire projects. me, sometimes I hire you. Mm-hmm. It's a little symbiotic relationship. <laughs> there's up, nothing there's about nothing. this exchange <laughs> that isn't sexual, man. That's cool. How, so how long have you guys known each other? It's like 10 years, right? Yeah. 2008? Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Sounds about right. So yeah. you work in film as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Oh, he's, sure. he's accomplished. No, he's going to be modest, but this guy, uh, yeah, he's a filmmaker. He mm-hmm. actually has... Films like that you can rent. Well, you sent me the link to his short film that I wasn't able to watch yet. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Underneath? Underneath, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Directed by Chris Grissom. Okay. And mm-hmm. they've uh, they've like submitted it into all the, the what, Sundance and South By and all the music. music not Sundance. Oh. Uh, <laughs> just not, not even going to try that The little cousin, Raindance. Rain, <laughs> Raindance. It's in Oklahoma. We get, we get turned down by South By. Um, oh, fuck them. I don't know what they're missing. I think it was more of a, a runtime thing because mm-hmm. it's a short. It's a, a long 28. That was my nickname in high school, by the way. <laughs> short little long 28. <laughs> long 28. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of short film festivals like you to be 25 or under. Mm-hmm. We're trying to work on Dallas International Film Festival right now. Yeah, seeing if we can get into that program just to have the a diff. nice premiere locally. But yeah. we'll see. We'll cool. see. It was fun. Well, I saw it. It was great. I can't wait to see it. Quite an accomplishment. And uh, he's done a couple of feature-length films before, right, mm-hmm. that you've worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one you've edited, uh, shot and edited. Mm-hmm. Two now, actually, come to think of it. Yeah, we started with Between Notes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's our first independent film. Rented on iTunes. <clears throat> or not. Oh, is it not there anymore? <clears throat> it, no, maybe. Oh. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you money here, Matt. <laughs> I don't see any of it. Uh, <laughs> well, then, fuck it. Yeah. Just but uh, yeah, and then uh, and then two years ago we did uh, Windsor, yeah, which was a uh, Turnpike Pictures film that we shot up in Gainesville. Cool, yeah, a lot of fun. It's fun talented. to be able to do that on the side. Yeah, pursue the passion. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet. So we've got a couple of guys with skilled eyes talking about uh, <laughs> talking about this movie. This was your pick, by the way. Yes, uh, we were, we're talking about what what year was this? Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. The year of uh, Fight Club and Saving Private Ryan and great films, great films, and then uh, then there's, there was there's this ravenous. ravenous. <laughs> no, oh no, no, well, no. So Brundage, I don't want to show my hand too soon. Well, no, I mean like obviously the, you and your skilled eye, you can tell that there's some some issues with this film. Right? Sure, absolutely. But you loved it enough to, uh, to you've been talking about this movie for years. Like this dates back three or four years. I remember you telling me about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I invited you to be on the podcast, I was like. Hey man, just just think about some movies. And before I could even finish the sentence, he was like, "Ravenous." <laughs> is it ravenous? ravenous? It's like, all right, there it is. Okay. So what what made you uh, choose this film of all films? I think just you know, 
being an avid listener to the podcast that you guys do. Thank and you, by the way. Just, um, you know, thinking of films that are kind of teetering on the edge of like people could really love or people could not love, which uh-huh. the box office shows people didn't really love. The critics <laughs> hate it, but yeah. you know, the fans kind of love it. Um, it's true. 45% on Rotten Tomatoes with critics, but 75% with uh, audiences. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, um, Joe is surprised by that. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> to see people rush out of the theater to see a movie about people eating other people. Like, this see, and I alive. I don't know if it was, uh, if, if it's, there's some nostalgia there just because, you know, my junior, senior year of high school, you know, taking college level film classes and, and, and seeing this film, not knowing anything about it mm-hmm. for the first time um, and just being blown away by the overall story that I had no idea what this movie was about and what it turned into. Yes. Um, you know, different parallels that I picked up on that normally I, I wouldn't pick up on in uh-huh. movies at, at that age. Um, and then the simplicity of like, I felt like it was a very simple movie to make. And it was like, yeah. ooh, I think that like it, it pushed me that much further into wanting to pursue film because it was like, <laughs> oh, wow, like build a fort in the middle of the woods in, in the Ukraine or wherever they shot this uh-huh. um, and, and and tell a story with basically one set in the woods. Right. Wow. You know, so, like, some people have evil dead. You had you had ravenous. <laughs> yep, I had ravenous. <laughs> I had ravenous. Although you'd have to admit uh, the cast would probably have been a little hard for you to. To cobble together, oh, absolutely, tender age, absolutely. This is a hell of a cast, man. You got mm-hmm. Guy Pierce, Jeffrey Jones, Jeremy and... Davies, Jeremy Davies. Mm-hmm. No, dude, yeah, great cast. Uh, uh, Robert Carlyle, David Arquette. <laughs> He's definitely near the bottom. One eight hundred collect. What? <laughs> oh, <forgot about> that. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, right, so, Ravenous is a uh, what? Is Civil War era or, or uh, uh, Mexican American War? Technically, mm-hmm. but yeah, late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So, so Guy Pierce's whole deal is that he had taken a uh, he had taken a fort by playing dead. Yes, like, and he was piled up on like all the, all his soldiers and stuff were piled up on top of him, and he had tasted their blood, mm-hmm. and then he took the fort, and since that moment, like he had had that taste. For human blood, human like, because he kept having flashes of like eating people himself before he even like met well, up with I don't the Robert he, Carlyle character. I don't know if he necessarily had. I mean, once he got to the fort where he was stationed at, he kind of visualized some of that stuff. Uh-huh. I, I think it was more kind of a discovery of something. Something happened to him. Like he cowardly like laid down in the dirt. Right. Yeah. Um, played dead. Got piled upon, and with his one of his officers half shot off head, you know, in his face and blood running down his throat. Something happened to where he was able to pull himself out from underneath this pile of bodies. Mm -hmm. Something changed. It gave him something that obviously he didn't have before because he was a coward. uh, (laughs) Is that from Hamilton? No, that's wicked, sir. That's wicked. Same, same musical base. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people say that wicked is basically the Hamilton of Wizard of Oz. (laughs) But it was like him like discovering... What is this? What? Why did this change? Yeah. What was yeah. this feeling? The same way I feel like the audience was going through this. If you had no idea what they were talking about, it's like where where they take where it. Where are we on. going? Mm-hmm. Like what it really? What is this? Yeah. So I, I'm frustrated. Like okay. immediately was frustrated with this movie because the score, the music. was the score was so <laughs> jarring to me of like what was yeah. being represented in the film and then what was going on 
like with the 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 oral sensations. Yes. You can't talk about this movie without talking about the music. I absolutely love the music. <laughs> yes, well, that's the thing. Like, I can't tell if it's brilliant or if it's so bad and so wrong tonally mm-hmm. for the rest of the film that it it's come it's done a one eighty and come back around, or if it was intentional. There's a there's there there's what seems to be a very like um why why do I want to go like with spaghetti western. But well, there's yeah. a very like spaghetti western kind of feel to it with like because even like the and uh, the Morricone movies like sometimes the music didn't quite fit exactly like what was going on yeah, visually right. in the film it's like 19th century Italian music right but it complemented what was going on in the movie mm-hmm. just fine like perfectly I didn't quite have that experience with this where I kind of felt the music was just a little too jarring for what was going on uh, in in the film at the time. Um, and that composer kind of has a, uh, uh, like, that's where his tendencies are. Michael Nyman, is that his name? Yeah. He's mostly known for uh, the piano, that Adrian Brody right. uh, oh, yeah. movie that won a bunch Gattaca. of Oscars. That was, the, that was the pianist. That's right. What did I say, the piano? Yeah, you said the piano. Yeah. And oh. that was... Uh, oh, this the is name? the Harvey Keitel where he gets uh, full frontal. Yeah, that's piano. Unity. That's mm-hmm. right. That's the yeah, piano. That one, not the pianist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so we were ta- talking earlier about... So I saw this, we rented it, watched it. I immediately went out to Best Buy, bought it on DVD. And uh-huh. we're, you know, Easter eggs back on the DVDs. Oh, yeah. And I would just, you know, every DVD I ever bought, it yeah. was like... Director's you commentary. Left, you the same right, thing. Everywhere, oh, yeah. trying to find whatever. Mm-hmm. One was um, a picture that popped up. Ooh. And and so um, uh, sometimes when you go to premieres, there's these little takeaways that the premiere gives you, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. We'll leave behind. And so one of the really cool takeaways that they did was they handed out beef jerky oh my <laughs> no with <laughs> nice reveal that Brenda just whipped out that was incredible I mean I wish you guys listening would have had the, uh, the been able to see this ever the showman it's probably a bad thing to eat doing a podcast but well, I would almost recommend never eating anything within like a two hour window of watching this movie either before or after oh, yeah. but the like fact- Genius marketing, yes, right? Like uh-huh. with the name of the movie on it, and it was a really cool still of the takeaway. Yeah, take a picture of that. Beef jerky. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. One of the other Easter eggs that oh, was God. on this DVD was a little behind the scenes of kind of the group that he kind of cobbled together for some parts of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't believe it was Foster's Social Orchestra, mm-hmm. but the the opening music of like the... Um, uh, when you're when we open up and it's that very like it's old army uh, yeah. sounding sure. and, but it's all made up of musicians who it's aren't like a, musicians uh-huh. yes. and so he likes this idea of like writing some music or bringing some music to people who aren't actually musicians and, and performing it well it sounds like it mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely <laughs> but it kind of feels because it's a little the whole story is a, a little, little off, off. Uh-huh. and i feel like the soundtrack in, in some places like um and we can get to it later on, but mm. there are places where there are, there are hymns that mm. are made into that's right. pieces of the score that have that kind of weird parallel that's introduced um, by our Native American friend in the movie. Sure, <laughs> um, but that's I think See, that's, that's how something you do that it, Joe. really latched on to. That's me. how you talk about minorities, by the way. Oh, Native oh, gotcha. American Native, friends, Native American friends, that's right? Not mulattoes. <laughs> I'll understand. Well, those aren't Native Americans. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Our, our mixed race friends. There you go. But no, I like. I immediately went out and I bought the DVD. I bought the soundtrack. I used pieces of that music in, in videos and films that oh, I was no. making in high school. Uh-huh. Like there were certain tracks that just really like you hear that. 
ding, 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 oh, yes. Ding, ding, it ding, is forever. Ding, 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 oh, yeah. ding, Not since uh, Suburban like. Sasquatch. It's going to stick with me. That is interesting, though, because, um, you know, Joss Whedon did the same thing in his uh, Serenity film. Whenever they had the River Tam character on, on screen, there was kind of like this, like, broken... Uh, version of her theme that mm. didn't actually come together and, and feel complete until the very end when everything kind of gets knocked back into place and she remembers Miranda uh, and then is fighting off the uh, the Reavers at the end and you actually hear her theme and it's you know it's unobstructed mm-hmm. and so that's that's interesting it's an interesting choice to do something like that um, so this movie grossed me out like a lot. <laughs> Intentionally, uh, though. It's supposed to. Uh, yeah, it, it's about cannibalism, I, for Christ's sake. But it's about cannibalism giving you superpowers. Yeah, mm. the, like, like, a, like a Wendigo. Like, like if you eat human flesh, you heal like like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I had a hard time, no pun intended, swallowing that. <laughs> I, I, I really had a hard time with that. Why? When you watch fantasy and sci-fi movies all the time. What is it about this one? That's... Because it wasn't a fantasy sci-fi film. Well, kind of. Was it? Yeah. A little bit of a ghost well, I mean, story. I, I, I guess. What What is the deal with Robert Carlyle? Was he two different people or was he the same guy? No. Is he like the Tyler Durden to to Guy Pierce? No, I think he was definitely uh, an, an, an actual person, an adversary. So, just... so he came across people, trapped them in a cave... He, and, was, and he was with them. the traveling group. Uh-huh. He was with the group. Yeah, the whole story that being he tells... Being led by Calhoun, uh-huh. right? Colonel... Colonel Ives. Ives, Colonel right? Ives. And he, earlier, like, he tells the story later in the film. Yeah. You know, he was traveling. He had tuberculosis. He was dying. And one of his Native American friends <laughs> <laughs> had told him the, the legend or the myth mm-hmm. of Wendigo. And obviously, Ooh. he was at his wit's end and, and, you know, on his way out of this world. And I guess he decided to slaughter his Native American friend yeah. and, and try it out. Mm-hmm. What and, do you have to lose? <clears throat> what do you have to lose? And for some reason... And it worked. Something, something so he, happened. But, but he was also always Calhoun, who was like a, a captain, He's always a, Calhoun. a colonel in, in the, the yeah. army. Yeah, it does lose me a little bit there, like uh-huh. how... Everybody just kind of accepts him as this colonel. Yeah, like he rides in, and they're like, the new colonel's here, and he's, you know, Robert, Robert Carlyle, who's right. never bad. Robert Carlyle is never bad. Yeah. Um, his delivery just, of all of his little monologues that he has in this film, oh, like yeah. I, it captured my attention and held me, like, even the little stumble, stumbles that he'd throw into his dialogue, mm-hmm. the way that he would, he would tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was awesome. Did this movie make you want to eat human flesh? No. <laughs> no? Okay. That's, that's well, I don't have tuberculosis. So. I, w- I would <laughs> say, obviously, they didn't have the interwebs, and they didn't have any technology to be like, here's my card that shows that I'm in the service. I think that he took uh, the Colonel Ives. He was posing as. And, and decided, oh, well, I'm just going to latch onto these guys and go back to this fort. And that makes sense. Take over. Sure. and Sure. Who's going to know? He's already got the uniform. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So wouldn't it have been easier if he just posed as a colonel coming to the fort instead of like, you know, stumbling across it? So he stumbles across their fort mm-hmm. and he's just about on the on the verge of death. Yes. And so they they nurse him back to health. Mm-hmm. With imageries of Jesus Christ. Yeah, being. yeah, they're definitely yeah, yeah there yeah. there was definitely some of that. Uh so I guess my my question is wouldn't it have been easier for him to just straight up pose as the colonel? And come to the fort and poses the colonel originally. But I think the idea is he has to catch Instead them. Instead of showing his hand? It's the element of surprise. He had to lure them away. 
right? It, it, back to his uh, his home turf, uh-huh. which is that cave where he can kind of off them one by one, where he has the upper hand, right? If he just wanders into this random, uh, I, uh, I think fort. I think he would liter had literally finished eating Mrs. McGreedy uh-huh. right before, and he's weak. He doesn't know what to do. He he's lost. He doesn't know where to go. And I, I really think that he was really like probably going to die out there, but happened to stumble upon the fort. So, I don't think it was a plan to go to the fort. And, okay. Because part of me feels like it's a plan because he had the knife buried next to the cave. Well, that part is definitely a plan. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but how long has he had that there? Well, I don't, I, I have no idea. They don't address it. That's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> like, but he, he has his whole bit where he's. Uh, he's he's freaking out Faraday from uh, from Lost. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Davies. I'm like, I'm like what I love f- that guy. What the hell's going on? And, yeah, and it's just like so many cowards in this movie. So many cowards. So it was nice to see Guy Pierce finally grow a set near the end of the film. Yeah, but like the dude- I mean, he could have gone somewhere else. He I, he went back to the force. Yeah. obviously. So yeah. I think that was his turning. It's a real point hero. There. Um, but the, the fact that he threw himself off a fucking mountain to get <laughs> yeah, away from right. I'm like, you could take Robert Carlyle. I think you could probably yeah, take him. Robert Carlyle is like, <laughs> who were we talking about earlier? Yeah, Begbie. No, no, I'm talking about who you compared uh, Brundage to. Oh, to Colin Farrell. He's like Colin Farrell. He's like that size, right? He's like four foot eight. He's like a tiny dude. Dude, Colin Farrell was uh, bullseye. Yeah, like, I know. Let's they show Colin Farrell a little bit of fucking respect. He's a great actor. They just shoot him from a lot of low angles. That's all I'm saying. What about uh, Fright Night? You like Fright Night? Challenge. I love he Fright Night. He was scary in Fright Night. Yeah, he is. He ate people too. That's right. Yeah, he's got a thing for. And he got to. He had powers. <laughs> I, I was not, trying to. You know what? About, this movie like, is not bullshit. To it's me. a vampire now. Yeah, it's a vampire film. It's was, basically Twilight if you look at it from a certain point of view. I was trying a to think about point how of view. I would how I would describe the feeling that I had when I first saw this, not knowing anything about it yeah. and how it latched onto me. It's called premature I think ejaculation. It's- <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Go ahead. No, but I, I, I compare it. I've been thinking about it. How do I, how do I describe this to someone? Like why I feel like it, like, sank its hooks into me. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing with like bone tomahawk. If yeah. you've seen oh that, Kurt Russell, man. Yeah. I had no idea what that movie was about. I just saw it on Netflix or something and started watching it. Uh-huh. And the 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 cold open was freaking awesome. But then everything between the cold open and their adventure, uh, I thought was really cheesy and awfully acted. And Matthew Fox was horrible. Oh no! But when they started their adventure, it was awesome. And I still didn't really know where we were going with it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it turned and it grasped me like hardcore. And I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't a great movie, but I like how it just totally grasped me and pulled me into the story. I will give it that. I didn't know where this film was really going to go. I mean, you could you could tell things were escalating, but you never really know how it's going to play out. And I thought each character's death was going to be a little more prolonged than mm-hmm. it actually was, but... We go right from zero body count to eight body count, like just in that one oh, scene. Oh yeah, just that about one. halfway through mm-hmm. the movie. I, like, I actually oh, checked the running time, like as it was yeah. going on. I like checked it. It was like, did more of this movie pass than I thought? Like, yeah, nope, this is not the climax. Like, oh no, this is not. This is, there's plenty of film left. He was licking me, Dude. <laughs> sick man outside, sick <laughs> man outside. I love it. Jeremy Davies. One of those actors, like anytime He's I see him in something, amazing. where I'm like, I may not like the movie, but I'm gonna enjoy watching him in it. Oh yeah, his non-verbal acting is yeah. amazing. I mean, all of his characters seem to have a little bit of a quirkiness to them, yes. which is kind of like his thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, but 
I, I feel like everything that he brings to every character he plays is just absolutely yeah. like untouchable by anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Why do they choose Guy Pierce? Why <sighs> Why do they choose him? It, it, it seems like they probably would have had an easier time if they had gone with like you know with the the Arquette character probably seemed a little bit more uh, malleable uh, than than Guy Pierce. Choose him for what? To to make the, him part of them. Like, you know, well, they stab him, and now it's like, now you got to make a choice. What are you going to do? You know, this is a dude that already has beef. Again, no pun no intended. Pun intended. Uh, he's got beef, and so it's like, why, because why give him the choice? I think because he already knew that he already had the taste yes. and the hunger for it. He's easier to turn. Easier, yeah, exactly. Mm. To bring on their side, join their team. Just tasted man flesh. That's interesting. <laughs> I really liked it. I really like the end, the bit between him and Robert Carlyle when they're stuck in the bear trap. Oh, and yes. he's like, you if know, I die. if I die, I'm going to eat I'm you. I'm definitely going to eat you. <laughs> the, the question, question is, is <laughs> yeah. if you die. Bon appetit. <laughs> he is so good. Yeah. No, that was, that was, that was really good. Um, definitely my favorite cannibalism movie set in the 1800s. <laughs> Hands down. <God>. Top. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, what do I have? Well, we haven't really talked about, uh, you know, speaking of Wonder Woman, um, this, this was a female director. Gal Gadot. Oh. That's right. I wish you were in this movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, female director, but not the original director. Like, there was a bit of a tumultuous uh, behind-the-scenes, Joe. Really? Of the making of this film. A little yeah. bit of a Han Solo thing? Yeah, actually. Um, and a little bit of a mutiny, too, it sounds mm-hmm. like. What do, what do you know about the history of the making of this film? Um, two weeks into production, yeah. um, I think the director was fired. Yes. Or he quit, or he fu- was fired. Well, he was uh, so uh, fired by the studio, but because he was having such a hard time uh, getting the film made, um, it's, there's a little bit of a he said, she said because it's like, yeah, there were rewrites going on all the way up until the the, the beginning of filming. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like everything he was doing, he was trying to make the movie better, and the studio was kind of fighting him and, and micromanaging a little bit. Wow! And so the the studio decided two weeks into it, like we're not having any more of this. We're taking over control, and they literally flew to the set with a new director. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You're fired. Here's your new director." And the crew like kind of mutiny. Crew and cast. Yeah. Yeah. The whole cast was like holy totally shit. against the new director. Wow. So they had enough pull to say not this guy, but Robert Carlyle. Uh, which I guess is his filmmaking partner and, and a, a director who he worked on in a previous movie. Like, this woman, yeah, two, uh, or, two or three movies. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Antonio Bird. Antonio Bird. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, was like, hey, I know this this director. Let's mm-hmm. bring her in. And so she kind of finished out the movie for him. Wow, that's yeah. that's insane. It, what's fun to me is the fact that this was like this was a movie that a studio was producing and backing, and like we're taking this director out. The fact that this is a major studio film. Because there's nothing about this movie that feels no. like a major studio mm-hmm. release. And especially like when, when studios get involved, you know, say what they will about their creative differences, but at least they hire people who um, have have some history. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking more from like a post-production. Like, it seems insane that they would have kept Michael Nyman's score yeah. uh, in this movie. And also that they would have gotten whatever editor they found to edit this movie. <laughs> now, Matt, I want to speak to you directly here. Here, here because we go. From one editor to another, do you think this film is well edited? And I know that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to let you know right now. No, I know you're going to say film. no. And I was I was thinking about that the third time I was watching through it recently. I mean, because they, it does this weird, it does this thing. They, the, the style of the film, mm-hmm. in all, all of its glory and all of the things that it does... Um, again, it teeters on that edge and it has a bit of quirkiness to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is a methodology to the way that it's edited. 
if you watch the way, even it sets it up at the very beginning when they sit down for the big steak yes, meal, right? Yes, and the sound yes. design and the and the pace, the pace of the oh, of the cuts. You oh see it, God. Yeah. right? <laughs> so disgusting. You see the pacing really start to pick up before it starts like flashing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and you see, and you and, it, and you're like. That's kind of a weird choice. I mean, I get it. Like, I get why they're doing that. Why it's putting us in this. Ugh. Yeah. I want to feel how disgusted Guy Pierce, who by the way was is a vegetarian while making this <laughs> oh, film. No. Of course he was. Um, and uh, like, I get that. But then you see it again and again, and they keep that that whole methodology alive mm-hmm. and right. the pacing and the way that they do these weird, random, quick cuts. Yes. That it's almost like. Maybe if they spend a little bit more time kind of shaving a frame here or adding a frame here, it would be a little smoother. Exactly. But you think it was then, intentional? But then again, I kind of feel like it works with what the whole film is as a whole. Eventually, you pick up on the language of the film and you right. sit there watching it and you're like, that's Listen, so ravenous. I don't. I don't <laughs> You suck, you've been sitting on that I've joke. Been fucking, I've been sitting on that since we hit record. I'm like, how the oh fuck am I going to fit this in? That's that brilliant. I, I don't, if I was sitting down, you know, I think anyone you bring into into a crew, whether it's pre-production or all the way through post-production, uh-huh. everyone's going to bring a little bit of something to the film that's uniquely them. Okay. I wouldn't do that Yeah, well, when I'm, editing the film. I, I, I'm, I'm not taking aim at like the style because I, you know, I like the Darren Aronofsky style of, you know, quick cut interspliced. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are just some like cardinal rules that are broken here as far as kind of the pacing goes with some of the cuts, I thought. Um, and, and yeah, there, some of it is subjective, but a lot of it is like, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this stuff, and I feel like there <laughs> there a, there, there are a, definite like abrupt points where we just stop motion completely and enter a, a whole other world, like a whole other yeah, a whole other where it's like guys are they're they're in the middle of a conversation, they walk off screen, and then bam, we're somewhere else with these same characters. Which you know, Christopher Nolan does that stuff all the time, and it's not jarring. Mm-hmm. But in this one, yeah, there, there's a there's a cut where like um, we we cut from Guy Pierce. Uh, I can't remember. He, I feel like he had blood on his face. He was all mighted up, and he's in a room, and he's sitting talking to somebody. And that person delivers a line, and then we cut back to him, and he's cleaned up, and it's clearly in a different part of. <laughs> it, we're in another scene now, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem intentional enough to be like, oh, we're we're trying to make you believe like we're still in the scene, but we've really cut somewhere else. It almost seemed like a mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, was it the the moment where he's talking to uh, the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones? Jeffrey mm-hmm. Jones. He's talking to him. And then, like, Jeffrey Jones asks him if he's hungry or whatever. And then, like, suddenly they're just, they're eating. Like, there's there's no motion to it. They're just, they're eating. And no, I, they're I, in a whole other location. I think location. it was after, after... Um, I feel like it was talking to Martha. Ives comes in, and, and he's trying to point out that Ives is not him or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then they're eating. Because I don't think Jeffrey Jones was back yet. And he's sitting okay. in the main oh, okay. living room, right? And the fire's going, they're playing cards. And there we go. he's staring down Colonel Ives. And... And to me, that wasn't that wasn't jarring. I, I have a hard time sometimes with. Pe- I was I was editing a, a TV episode recently, oh, yeah. and I edited it in a way that I thought was you know self-explanatory. Right. It, the audience could follow it really easily. Um, but I had a showrunner who's a great showrunner, um, but she insisted that we have establishing shots right. for every scene, oh, and I'm like, man. you don't always need it. I don't think you need an establishing shot for every scene. And I'm not picking on True. her. Um, I liked working with you, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like to me, that that was Fuller wasn't... House on Netflix. 
<laughs> please hire me. And, um, but it, it's like, you know, and listening to y'all's podcast too, you know, I, I know that you bring up um, the 180 degree uh, oh, yeah. rule a lot. And that's something that, you know, uh, a DP friend of ours that we work with a lot pick. That's someone, something that I was, would, you know, be on him about like, oh, we can't do that because we're crossing the 180 line. Right. And I had to grow up a little bit in, in the industry and in the creative within myself to mm. know that, you know what, like you can break certain rules. You can put a jarring cut in. you can move the camera in a place that you wouldn't normally put it. True. Um, whether that's pushing the story forward, which is foremost important, mm-hmm. or whether you are just trying to creatively get from one spot to another in a short amount of time, I it can work. Yeah, it, it wasn't jarring to me. I can understand how it could how it could be jarring to some people. <laughs> they were just, there, man. <laughs> Jesus, very passionate about it. <laughs> Hulk smash. <laughs> just, they were just very. It, it just seemed like if, if this is a movie that the studio was trying to wrestle away from the original uh, yeah. creators and make something marketable. They failed by hiring this editor, and then also the music. Like I feel like with a different, with like a you, know, you get Hans Zimmer in there, and then you get Christopher Nolan's editor. Mm, I don't, I don't agree with a Hans Zimmer. A Hans Zimmer score maybe doesn't go with something like okay, this. Maybe. Well, first of all, uh, Hans Zimmer can do anything. Okay, <laughs> so you're wrong. No, I hear what you're saying. Hans Zimmer can come up with a tone maybe not, for but, everything. But uh, just to <laughs> C major, uh, C major. I just feel like. Um, it could have been a little more mainstream. I'm not saying it should have been. And and I think, I mean, obviously this film has kind of garnered a cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's made its money back. No. No, it still hasn't. You bought it twice, Matt. So I did. You're I, contributing. Yeah, I, I, I read that it, it took $12 million to make and it made 2.1 in the US. <laughs> oh my God, what? Um, I but, don't know if that's like up to date or not. I think not. that's just box office though, right? It might though, just right? be box yeah, office. So hopefully by now. But that's a lot to make. That's ten million to make up outside of the box office, Man. which has got to be hard. And there's international, and you know maybe the the crew that helped film it overseas, yeah. uh, maybe they all bought a copy. That's right. Man, I'm thinking they probably ran into some problems with like cannibalism too. Yeah, to, in the international market. No, yeah, who, who knows? Maybe in the Philippines, cannibals are big. <laughs> yeah, they are. You I never know. You Bigger know, than most men. Here's a funny part. So, so like that, you know that that jump at it like that or yeah. or the music might have gone a little too far for for you for the setting for me um the opening titles the way that they would like shoot what like an hell? arrow on <laughs> you look like stick. a like a rom-com oh right yeah i i thought that for me that pushed it too far yeah i mean i just thought they were trying to set up a tone I but was then so, the film i was okay with up. all that i liked it but I, I was expecting the film to kind of follow in that tone more than it played out, it, but it, but it kind of does. Uh, it, here's the weird thing about this movie that I I didn't while while watching it when I first started this journey with Ravenous, <laughs> I was I, I was confused, and I, I I mentioned that before, like with the score, with what's going. On, I was I was very confused, and then I started feeling like I started feeling like I was watching a black comedy that wasn't marketed as a like it was mismarketed, almost like John Cotter. Yeah, it was like mismarketed. Like, yes. This is not we we've given you marketing for a movie that you're not actually about to see. Mm-hmm. And so there was kind of something really dark and wicked uh in a humorous way mm. in this film, but not campy. N- a little campy. I think There's, it sets you up for campy. I thought the title set you up for campy. Yes, I agree. Um and there are there There's are parts where he's like yeah. I hated when that happened. Yeah. And he just cut off and he's like run. 
<laughs> exactly. You know, and you had that little fiddle tune there. <laughs> you know, as they're embraced in one another it, with the bear trap, like that is camp. That is complete mm. camp. No matter mm-hmm. what, like they're in there in the bear trap, and he's like, Symbolism. "Are you going to eat me?" I mean, the tagline for the movie was "You are who you eat." Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think they were trying to market as a as a black comedy. I don't know. I, this didn't feel like as much of a black comedy as I was expecting. Actually, it's it's, it's a, more horror to a, me. It it it. it uh, hmm? It was it was more of a black comedy to me, but the the problem was it was like a black comedy, but like obviously two people were trying to tell you the same joke, uh, and that's you know when you've got two different visions, two different tones, hmm. trying to tell you the same thing, it might not always speak to everybody. And I have to admit, it, it, at the end, uh, after the journey, I wasn't quite as moved. I'm not going to say that I liked it as much as you did. Mm-hmm. I probably won't ever come back to it. <laughs> but I'm glad that I saw it because yes. I hadn't seen the movie yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are things that I appreciate about the way that it was constructed, and there are things that I, were painful for me to watch. Uh, oh yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel bad. Like I feel like I feel He's like I'm, cr- I'm shitting on your. I feel dreams, like I'm punching man. your child. No, 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 no. I, hey, Matt, come be on my podcast. <laughs> you can pick whatever movie you want. I hate it. No, no, no. I, 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 I just love the opportunity to discuss a film like this that is kind of out there a little bit. Uh huh. I, I think there's there's some um, excuses that are allowed as far as when it was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as how it was made. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think that gives it a lot of excuses <laughs> because I saw it when it was made. I think it probably resonated a little bit more with me. Yeah. And I've just carried that with me. We all have those um, movies. I still really enjoy it. I still have one-liners in my head all the yeah. time. Um, that's being said. I thought, I, I think the casting was amazing. Dude, the cast it. is good. The cast is better it's than so this film deserves. It's so hard to recast. It's so, and, I, and you do. And, and David Arquette. and deputy dewey another scream reference (laughs) but i think you're right i I feel like with two weeks in production replacing the director Mm -hmm. uh, and then bringing in another director and then cast mutiny um and robert carlisle really like heading up on who's going to replace it's almost like when you watch i mean he's just an amazing actor to begin with Mm -hmm. but it really feels like maybe it was starting off as being more campy and more quirky. Sure. And Robert Carlyle was trying to bring a little bit more Lost it substance or, you know, some Gravitas. sort of foundation mm-hmm. to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. right on the head. Definitely with, some different visions going on. Absolutely. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but it kind of felt like it was at its best in the first third and the last third of the film. Like, uh, during that last third, I was with it. And I kind of liked how it was interjecting a little bit of wry humor into it. You know, he's got that line when he's talking to Knox, the doctor, the drunk doctor, yeah. uh, and, he, and he's cooking the stew. Mm. And uh, the doctor's oh, like, you, yes. you need any help with the stew? And he's like, not now, but perhaps later you might <laughs> contribute. contribute. <laughs> <laughs> Little touches like I, that. I, I liked the, the, the middle of the film. Oh, wow. I liked the paranoia that was at play, that mm. what was going on with, uh, with Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed when Robert Carlyle shows up as as Colonel Calhoun or whatever, yes. and they're like, "Show us your shoulder." Yes, take that off your scene, shirt. how tense that and was. It's like he takes it like, real time. He takes it off the wrong shoulder. Yeah, first. And he's, like, like, he's trying to hide it. Uh-huh. Yep. He's trying to hide yep. it. And it was it was really cool. Like that's the kind of stuff in movies. I'm like, oh Jesus! All yeah. right, you've got me. I'm gripped. What's happening? What's going on next? And then it kind of you know went into into the final third. Like I enjoyed seeing Guy Pierce kind of find his balls and let's 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 do this thing. Let's fight. Uh, I liked the thing that was going on with Jeffrey Jones, where he's like, okay, he lets I loved him go, him. and then he's like, you know, you have to kill me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, wow. and I like the, it's all these little small things that so many people overlook that are really like gems within movies that kind of bring some awesomeness or realness to the film Mm -hmm. and little things um, like even, you know, the first time we meet Jeffrey Jones, he's trying to crack a walnut, Walnut. right? Uh And at the end, he just like cracks it with his hand, you know? And it's like someone has specifically thought about these little moments that are going to be little pieces of glue that kind of hold the whole thing together. Yeah. Together. Um, I, so I feel like it's a it it was given some thought. Uh-huh. Oh you yeah, know, um, he does a great performance. Yeah, too. I would I would never accuse this movie of lacking any thought mm. uh, <laughs> of putting the pieces you know kind of putting the breadcrumbs out there for the audience to follow. I think in that respect, I think that the movie is constructed very well. Uh, it's just for me, like just the presentation, how it ultimately the finished product and and the impact it has on me is. What do you think about the uh, I, one of the things that popped out in my head when I watched it the first time was um, when they're being described this idea of Wendigo and mm-hmm. you see the you know the animal the skin yeah and, and and Jeffrey Jones is like oh, people don't still do that do they <laughs> right oh Sunday blah, 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 you know uh-huh. and he's like like man eats the body of Christ you know mm-hmm. and gains his strength every yeah. every Sunday and I'm like. That's a really kind of unique parallel that that you don't ever get in cannibalistic movies. Right. Um, I mean, you obviously don't get superpowers in a lot of cannibal movies either. (laughs) That would have made made a live way more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It became superheroes. Yes. But, yeah. I I don't know. It's little pieces like that throughout the film that are... I think little shining stones for me that I really like. Yeah, I agree. It's more than just like a horror slasher. Right. Can't be flicked. More than meets the eye. Mm Mm-hmm. Ravenous. Oh, so like um, one other little tidbit. So Guy Pierce was a vegetarian, or maybe he still is. I don't know. After this movie, <laughs> oh, totally, we all are. But yeah, um, I guess Robert Carlyle had commented about like the scene where he's like having to eat the the knock stew and oh, it was yes. lamb meat or whatever. Yeah, it's I mean, disgusting. he's really like chewing down on that, but like. Director calls cut and he's spitting it out and like puking, uh-huh. like just oh, like wow. yeah. I mean, I guess you're an actor, so that's what you do, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in eating meat, um, but I'll do but it. But I'll do it for a playing paycheck. a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious about how the because uh, this is a good cast. Um, it's a great cast. I'm I'm curious about how they got along with one another on the set of this film because this is kind of an isolated. And I say a bit like you've got two locations basically in this entire film. Mm-hmm. And I imagine like a cast like this, they're very talented. Uh, they're outstanding personalities. What happens when you finally start going stir crazy though, working on something like this? Yeah. I, I'm just saying like, were there any stories on like, did were, were there any blow ups? Nothing that I saw. I, it dude. seemed like they were pretty much, I think with rallying together against yeah. not getting the replacement director and getting the director they wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and just, you know, in doing short films and feature films myself, I've, you know, the first feature film we did um, mainly took place um, in two lofts. But uh-huh. it was really just one loft. Mm-hmm. So we shot the guy's loft in a week. Sure. And then we reset, de- decorated it and made it the girl's loft. And mm-hmm. the girls lived above the guys and, you know. W- the lake house. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we... But we pretty much the whole crew, which was a small crew, I mean, we all wore many hats, we basically slept in the loft together, you know? And it uh-huh. was this weird, like, you're isolated, you're together, you're collaborative, you're you're celebrating, you're, you're rewriting or coming up with better mm-hmm. ideas. And it's a lot more 
people were a lot more accepting in these, you know, when we shot the short film, um, a l- majority of it takes place at a, a lake house mm-hmm. in uh, Possum Kingdom. <laughs> Different lake house, though. The lake house. Bam, bam. <laughs> bam, bam. But we all stayed in the lake house, you know, and, and there was so much, I think, to that with your cast and crew all being kind of yeah. it's a shared isolated experience. together that mm-hmm. there is kind of. But I, I can see it also going yeah, the other way. Yeah, it could go way, the other sure. way, too. <laughs> well, yeah, because they did that when they were filming Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the guy's name? Vin Diesel. No. Uh, although, yeah. I Tom think Sizemore. Uh, yes. Sizemore. And who's the pretty boy, the good-looking one, who's also a director? Oh, uh, Ed, uh, Ed, yeah. Ed Burns. Yes, Ed Burns apparently did not get along. Mm. And uh, we're complaining about the conditions. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tom Hanks, happy-go-lucky Tom Hanks, is just along for the ride. Um, so it can happen. But Every uh, time people got in a fight, he would just stop and go, guys, remember this. <laughs> Earn it. Earn it. <laughs> Earn it. Um, but no, I, yeah, I feel like the cast... When you sign on to do a movie like this where you're like out in the wilderness and you know these aren't luxurious conditions. In fact, uh-huh. I, I think they shot it like a what in, in Prague, somewhere in the Czech Republic. Somewhere eastern. Um, and uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not really, you know, they weren't in uh, LA or Toronto to film this. Did you, did you notice like in Toronto? <laughs> the, the whole fort, you know, was always like covered in snow and stuff. But when they went to the cave, there wasn't so much snow. Did you notice all the white patches were like fabric? The, the, yeah, they, they had, had tried to... It was to, all fake fabric white yeah, snow. I, I didn't knew, notice I, it I didn't recently. notice that at all. You I see one of them off. hit it with their foot like as they're walking and it just kind of... It just moves like fabric. attaches <laughs> to their, their, their I shoe. I didn't notice that. That's the yeah. part they shot in Mexico, I'm guessing. <laughs> but I mean... Yeah, for, for low budget. For uh, low budget. It, I mean, it really, it does look like, you know, melting snow, but... Um, yeah, fabric. And they ran out of all of their fake blood <laughs> the during fake the blood. last fighting sequence. Yeah, I heard like the, the last uh, major battle was supposed to be like on top of the barn as it's like going up in flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just didn't have budget, so it turned into a fist fight. Yeah, you just beat the shit out of each very other. With very little blood. But effective. Wow. Yeah, I'll never look at bear claws the same way again. <laughs> like the donuts? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> never order another one from Duncan. Uh, I don't have any other notes. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, then, what did Ravenous do right? Let's start with you, Joel. Oh, uh, what I think it did right? Uh, you touched on it a second ago with the casting. Mm-hmm. Got a great cast for a low-budget film. Uh, and, and this is in 1999 before a lot of these guys had blown up. Uh, I mean, I guess Guy Pierce had already kind of broken out at that point. Well, when did Memento come out? That came out in... That was after. That was yeah, 2000, 2000, 2001. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you got, got him on the way up. Jeremy Davies, same thing. He had just come off of Saving Private Ryan, so his uh, star was... Well, Neil McDonough. Anyway. Yeah, dude, that guy's great. He's in everything. I think his Pierce next movie eyes. was that Mel Gibson movie where he had an arm in his back. <laughs> that was surgically removed. Mel Gibson. What was that? What was Wait, that movie? Well, the what? Be- the Beaver. No, no, no. There's a, like Mel Gibson had they they're in this hotel and like Mel Gibson's character had a third arm on his back that he had to have surgically removed. What? Yeah, I've, I've never heard, heard of, this. of this. I'm looking this up. Um, Ransom. But I think that was Jeremy. Jeremy Davies. Davies' next film, which wow. was a really low independent and bad. It That's, wasn't that good. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard of this. Yeah, but you got David Arquette, Robert Carlyle, hot off of uh, Full Monty, right? Didn't Full Monty come yeah. out a few years prior Wait, to this? Wait, wasn't that the director that they brought in? Didn't she direct the Full Monty? No. No? I don't think okay. so. I like that. What, the Full Monty? Yeah, the Full, Full Monty's Monty fantastic. fantastic. 97, who directed that? Let's see. Peter Catania. Cat, Cacciatore. Catania. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So not okay. a woman. Not not O.J. Simpson. <laughs> not, not a, a Jew. Jew. 
Uh, but yeah, I think the really strong cast for such a low budget movie with a weird premise. Yeah, that's what I thought it did right. Okay, did you? Uh, I uh, I agree. I think that the cast was uh, probably the thing that I enjoyed the most about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also the spaghetti western fan in me really really liked the way it looked. Yeah, I really like the way this movie looks. Yeah, uh, I I I love the when when things get bloody, like there is a. Uh, an unapologetic amount of gore it's going on Sam in this Sam Raimi film. style of yes. gore. Yeah. Uh, so I like that, too. I want to add that. I thought you would. What do you think? I, I, I totally agree. I, I have casting down. I also... Uh, <laughs> the music and score was <laughs> on my list of what it did right. Oh, that's what you're, what it did right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. about that. <laughs> um, but casting... I, I think another thing is... Um, Maybe not the storytelling of the movie itself, but the way that the characters told stories within the film. Yeah, it's a little monologue. You know, yeah. with Robert Carlyle's whole description of of the the wagon trail, mm-hmm. you know, west or whatever, and it's so beautifully told and so easily and simple, and and the visuals match, and they didn't have to like overdo it or really dig in deep. You get sure. it, you know. Um, I thought the storytelling within the story was was really well done. Yeah, the mono- monologues were written very well. Mm-hmm. Very well constructed. Um, what do you think Ravenous did wrong? <laughs> well, if i got to pick one thing, again, I-, I appreciate what it was trying to do with the music. I like it when <laughs> a film... And not everything has to be a John Williams kind of European-sounding s- s- score, right? Sure. sure. Um, you could have gotten Brian Tyler in here to score uh, to put together yeah. a really good score for this movie. And, and I also kind of like juxtaposing what you're seeing on screen with maybe music that doesn't traditionally fit what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's ways you can you can get a message across there. But whatever they were going for, I, for me, it just wasn't as successful. Like I, I do like the the first theme that you're talking about, kind of the gentle plucking. But then there's some there's just some weird music in there. Yeah, I don't know how else to say it other than it's weird. And again, when I'm sitting there as an audience member and I'm asking. I'm not sure if this is enhancing or detracting from this film, but for me, it just wasn't jiving. Yeah. So the music just wasn't quite right for me. I uh, I live a little too close to a railroad crossing. Oh, yeah. And there were points while I was watching this movie, and I was like, is that the score or is that the train? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of, I agree with you on, on oh, yeah? what it did wrong. Like that, it was, it was a little, a little jarring for me, and I'm the same way. Like, I like when, when a, a score can kind of juxtapose, like Cabin in the Woods. Has some good examples, and unfortunately, it's the first example I could think of where the music perfectly juxtaposes what's going on on the screen with uh, when what's her name is getting beaten up on the pier. Oh, I love it, uh-huh. and you're hearing. Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Joel. Keep on moving. Up. Yeah. Okay, so this is a bad example of juxtaposition with music. Uh, it's not bad, but it wasn't like a great movie. But Face Off yes. oh, with God. Somewhere Over the Rainbow playing. <laughs> yes. I thought that was actually a really yeah. great moment yeah. uh, with death and shooting. Yeah. And, doves. Yeah. Beautiful uh-huh. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> doves they everywhere. Did, they did something similar to that in Fate of the Furious where they oh, really? have to save, they, they're saving a baby 
from an airplane. Um, Jason Statham is yeah. in a shootout on an airplane, and he's got a baby in a car seat. He put like headphones on the baby, and so you hear something like somewhere over the rainbow, while like Jason Statham <laughs> is like killing people, shooting them, and like taking them out. So yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Did you guys see I mean, uh, the interview with uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco? Yes, the Kim Jong Firework one. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Firework. <laughs> Their use of a Miley Cyrus. No, Katy Perry. Katy Perry, Firework. man. Come on, show mm-hmm. some fucking respect. Throw <laughs> one of the same. Uh, okay, so what did Ravenous do wrong? Uh, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it, I, like, I was trying to think of something. I wrote down fake snow. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> legit. That's a legit complaint. Um, you know, I, I, I would say, and, and I wouldn't necessarily attribute it to any one thing, but I, I do agree that I feel like there are some shifts in the tone of the film mm-hmm. um, that... Um, it's not very smooth. Um, it it kind of jumps around a little bit. Maybe it's smooth jumps, but the jumps aren't necessarily a good um, mm-hmm. a good move for the overall tone of the film. It's hard for me to hold that against the movie uh, for some reason. Like I, I'm I offering it a pass because. Like I look at films like they're living things and like when a director gets taken off the project and they replace it or they do that, like it's hard for me to hold that against the movie itself because then I'm taking the work that like everybody has done, everyone's put into it and I'm like, I'm I'm like uh, condemning it because, you know, the tone shifts because the director's changed and it's like, it's not your fault like this that you guys still tried to do the best you could with it. Uh, but I see where you're coming from on that. Um, if we were going to remake mm. Ravenous now... Almost 20 years later. Yeah. Yep. Coming up on it. Jesus. Uh, How would we do that? Uh, I recast. Looks like I've got eight. I've got 10. Let me see what I've got here. Who am I missing? Oh, you you probably didn't Martha. I did George and Martha. I've got got, got five. (laughs) I recast five. So let's, you and I go back and forth and we'll save Brundage for the last, uh, best for last here. Yeah. Or should we just, because he did more than the two of us. Well. Okay. So why doesn't he start I like, jumping with ours? Well, because I like to showcase and highlight our special guests when they come in, Joel. There's too many characters. No one's going to remember. Maybe you could be a nice host when somebody comes in. All right. Let all right, the, no, let the we'll, baby we'll have his part. We'll all go around. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, let's start with Brendan. So start at the, your lowest build, and we'll, we'll work our way up from there. Martha. Yes. I did not do Martha. Nope. She's the, uh, the, uh, one of our Native American friends. Yes. The, would say, yes, the female. Sister. The one female in this film, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 We're, we we hear tale of another one, but we never see her on screen. Well, we see her bones. Just her bones and flesh. <laughs> I did a, a tantoo cardinal. That's a person? Mm-hmm. Or is this a, did you just activate a sleeper That's, cell? It sounds like a planet <laughs> from a new Star Wars movie. Activate tantoo cardinal. <laughs> went from canto bite to <laughs> tantoo cardinal. Tantoo cardinal. Um, dances with the wolves. Ah. Uh, uh, who was she in that? Uh, she was the chief's. Wife. Yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah. The one that wasn't the white one. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Not kicking bird. Nice. Stands, yeah. stands with a fist. Stands, or stands with a fist. Stands with a fist. Yeah. All right. What about uh, George, our other Native American yeah, I friend? Know, I didn't know George. I did Gil Birmingham. Uh, he's in Hell or High Water. He's also, I haven't seen it, but he's also in Wind R- River. Okay. Mm. Don't know who that is. Right. Right. <laughs> I feel so uncultured, man. Hey, stop inviting really smart. You could, They're my Native American friends. You could just say like uh, two random nouns. And I would assume, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I uh, cast a clock windmill <laughs> as George Tatanka. Clock, <laughs> clock windmill Tatanka. Tatanka. All right. Um, how about um, did you do Toffler? Private Toffler by uh, played by Jeremy Davies in this film. Yes. 
Who's your recast for that? We need um, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, dude. Okay. Great minds think I would love to see him outside the cave. Is there in the cave? Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. He licked me. I did I did not recast him. I uh, I went with Topher Grace. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sniveling Topher Is it Grace. Because his name's Toffler. Toffler Topher. Topher Toffler. I didn't, uh, not intentionally, but maybe subconsciously I did yeah. that. Okay. Actually, I did it because uh, my next recast, they kind of go along as a pair. Uh, Private Cleves, who is played by David Arquette, mm-hmm. you know from the Scream movies. Yes. Uh, I recast as Ashton Kutcher, so you get a little of that 70s show yeah. uh, reunion wow. going along with. Uh, I did recast Cleves. Ooh, let's hear it. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Cleves. Keanu Cleves. <laughs> I see what you did there. Keanu Reeves is going to be, be, just because I, I imagine him like just frozen on the side of the oh. riverbank and just, whoa. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, for Private Cleves, the David Arquette character, I did Chris O'Dowd. Oh, oh, nice. I like him. That's from good. Bridesmaids. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And the it crowd. Uh, how about Major Knox? Did you do the doctor? The good doctor, Major Knox. The yes. drunk. I went with uh, Matthew McConaughey for mine. I didn't, he's got I that didn't thick accent. On to you. No way, Get Matthew McConaughey. Wow. Holy Matt's shit. Matt's holding up his iPod. Matthew McConaughey. How about that? Wow. It's the accent, isn't it? I, th- I think so. I think he could play a really good uh, southern drunk. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> Not only does he uh, play that on screen, <laughs> he lives that method. lifestyle. Method act. All right, next. Uh, Joe, did you do uh, that character? I didn't do Knox, no. Didn't do Knox. No. Did you do Private Reich, who's the Neil McDonough? I sure did. Piercing blue eyes and blonde hair. Let me see. Uh, I cast Jeremy Renner. Oh, interesting. No way. Get the fuck out of Jeremy town. Renner. Another match Jeremy here. Renner. Yep. That's Absolutely. the bingo. <laughs> a little recast bingo going on here. That's well, great. I lost because I went with uh, Liam Hemsworth, somebody mm. else with piercing blue eyes. Because oh. you need, you know, he was like the warrior, right? right. He's the the soldier. That, he likes uh, to get in the frozen water and scream. That's, that's right. Ah, with, with his shirt off, with his like eight pack. Yeah, no shit, Jesus. right? Young Neil McDonald. Like, slow down. <laughs> I thought he really. I think I thought he did a really good job as Private Reich in the in the film. I love awesome. that guy. He's, He's always a hardcore good. guy, but he definitely. Cared for like, you know, all the weaker characters wanted to protect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. And then it got eaten. Yeah, sadly, Dude, oh. that's a lot of strength from that meat. Yeah, that's right. He's tough. You'd <laughs> expect enough. nothing less they, from a they, soldier. And they set that up. They set it up that he's got mm-hmm. tough His strength, meat. The strength and mm-hmm. this, the subtle, uh, subtle hints. I'm sorry. We oh, that's a good that. point because he's the first one who uh, yeah. Guy Pierce eats, and that's how he heals. Mm-hmm. Well, and then and then uh, Robert Carlyle is like, I found Private Reich. Or what was left of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. General Slauson. Everybody do him. He's the old guy played by John Spencer. Sure, formerly not, of no. the West Wing. And on The Rock. General he was in the movie Slauson. The Rock. That's right. He was, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Uh, I went with uh, John Malkovich in that role. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I thought of that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I've got four names down. I just got to pick <laughs> Just got to pick with one. I know I have some, uh, some ulcer rants later as we come as well. I picked one guy. He's no longer with us, so I will go with a guy who is still with us. Alan Rickman. Um, (laughs) This is Alan Rickman. (laughs) I'm going to go with George Clooney. Oh, as the uh, as the general, I like that. You know, you put a long hair wig on him. Right. I think it would work. One of those genteel. As long as he sits at a bar, at some point in the movie, he's got to sit at a bar. (laughs) Bill Paxton could have been a really good. Oh, Bill Paxton would have been good. Bill Paxton would have been a good Knox too. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Bill Paxton would have been a good Reich in his day. Yeah, in his weird science. Maybe not near the end. (laughs) No. Yeah, in the Chet Chet days, he'd have been pretty good. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. 
How about uh, Colonel Hart, who's uh, one of my favorites, played by Jeffrey Jones in here. Known child molester Jeffrey Jones. Yes. Actually, did he, did he molest children, or did he just have... I think he had kitty porn. Kitty porn mm. on his, so, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm disparaging was, the good name of born. the principal. <laughs> of child molesters <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it was Howard the Duck that did it. Oh, that's right. I mean, there's just too much confusion there. <laughs> well, yes, when they're sexualizing... Uh, Mallards. Leah, Leah Thompson. Man, and, Leah Thompson. Hey, she don't need. She's already sexualized for me. <laughs> All right. Who did you recast? I went with. Uh, I was looking for somebody who kind of has his stature now, and by that I mean his girth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went with Val Kilmer. Old Val Kilmer. <laughs> I uh, I recast this character with Bruce Campbell. Oh, dude, that's great. Yeah, I like that. Adds a little bit of campiness already. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Sam Raimi connection. I see where you're going there. Someday we'll find <laughs> it. The Sam Raimi the connection. The Raimi connection. Uh, Matt? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brundage. Say what you want about him in his personal life, whatever. I, just looking at him in this film, one of the things that stood out to me was his blocking. Mm-hmm. I thought his, his... Jeffrey Jones? Yeah, I yeah. thought his blocking was amazing. And I just thought... Who else do I know who has good blocking? Mm. And the only reason I feel this way is because I'm trying to catch up on nine seasons of Roseanne right now. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> I went with John Goodman. John Goodman wow. was my also ran. Yeah, Holy about that. shit. No. Nicely done. Wow, you and I are in sync, man. I'm telling you. It's that time of month. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you spend 10 years. And then we lost all of our female <laughs> Literally, Jenna just left the room. <laughs> left we the lost room. our female listener. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're down to the last two then, right? Got Captain John Boyd, played by Guy Pierce. Yeah. And Colonel Ives by Robert Carlyle. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody have a pair here that they need to not really. go with? Right. No, not Neither really. Neither do I. Who, who would be first build in your eyes? Oh, God. I think in Ives. Your, I think so, too. Your yeah. Ives. <laughs> <laughs> the light, the heat. In your Ives. I'm incomplete. Robert Carlyle. <laughs> I see the beg <laughs> Train spotting. It's train spotting. Uh, well, I, for uh, Captain John Boyd, because I have him second build, actually. Uh, Guy Pierce character. How about Jared Leto? It's pretty good. Ooh, I, I think I was looking at him, too. Yeah. 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 Probably about it's the right age idea. here. He's got the right look. He's very chiseled, uh-huh. but a little bit of pain beneath his eyes. Yeah. That's why he got cast as the Joker. Ryan Reynolds. Ooh, yeah. A little bit of Ryan Reynolds there. Speaking of. Uh, Superheroes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, I'd like to see him in a role like this. Yeah, it's kind of uh, slowly losing his mind a little bit, and yeah. you know. Did you ever see the one where he gets buried alive? Dude, we've talked about that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great film. And it was a wasn't it? A, it was a student project, wasn't it? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Very, very low budget. Dude, that movie. That, that movie. I had to watch that as a. Uh, uh, oh I was, no! I was no. I, well, I was reviewing it for the website I used to write for, uh, way back when. Humble brag. I had no idea what it was about. I was just like, oh, okay. And I was like, I think I've seen a Hitchcock movie like this. Um, and then by the end of it, I was so upset. Like, I was so upset mm, by the oh. end of the movie. Because you thought. You thought. Yeah. yeah. You thought. And it was like, no, it's not. It. Like, they had they had uncovered it. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. I was impacted pretty deeply by that movie. That was rough. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it it kind of reminded me of how they filmed... Um, Parts of um, what the Great Escape with the tunnels underground and stuff. Oh, it's basically yeah. that one wall is completely removed. Yes. And, um, yeah, I thought that was great. All right, your so guy Pierce. Well, we did that already. The, I mean, the whole cast was really hard for me, uh, and and these two I think were even harder just because they are so cemented in yeah. as those characters. The uh, last man me. standing, literally. Um, uh, someone who is no longer with us. Uh, no, I'm not going to go with him. Oh, 
Chris. Um, oh, tell us who it was, anyway. I, I was going to say Heath Ledger. Uh-huh. Yes, that that's, would that's have been a, fantastic. Good choice. Speaking um, of jokers. Yeah. And smokers. Um, <laughs> Midnight jokers. I, I think I'm going to go with... Um, and I could see him in this other role too, but I think I have a better person for Colonel Ives, so I'm going to put Christian Bale yes. in as as Guy Captain Pierce. John Boyd. Okay, yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, I almost went that way too. Yeah, look look at him like from the what was it, The Machinist? Yes, where he's all gone. Oh my god, oh, okay. he lost like ninety pounds for that film, dude. Yeah. Anyway, just 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Colonel Ives, Robert Carlyle, the Cannibal. Okay, I went with. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you my also ran because it was mentioned earlier, but uh, Skeet Ulrich or Ul- <laughs> for real? Ulrich yeah. for real? was my uh, also ran. Huh. Didn't work. But and then you were like, I actually want a real good actor. To be. Oh, <laughs> I want who can deliver these lines <laughs> without <laughs> slobbering all over himself. <laughs> a little bit of truth to that. Um, so okay. I went with Cillian Murphy, the Scarecrow from uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. K- Killian? Killian Murphy, the Scarecrow from the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's, you know, he and, and Inception as well, and he kind of played a, a sympathetic character in Inception. And, and Tron Legacy. And in, is he in He's at the very beginning. He's like Dillinger's son. Uh, oh, that's right. Because they were going to make him like the villain in the next film. In, Which of, may of still the happen. planned sequel. Dude, they've been going back and forth. Oh, dude. <gasps> dude. 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 Wreck-It Ralph trailer tomorrow. No way, really? Tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, Interesting. I know that has nothing to do with Ravenous. <laughs> but it has to do with movies. <laughs> yes, it does. So by the time you're hearing this, listener, check out the Wreck-It check Ralph 2. Wreck-It Ralph breaks Ralph the internet. breaks the internet. Oh. Starring all of your Disney characters. Can't wait, dude. Previous films. I cannot wait to see this. That's right. Uh, Killian right, Murphy. I'm sorry, Killian Murphy. Uh, my uh, my Ives Calhoun mm-hmm. will be played by one a little bit older with this, Willem Dafoe. Ooh, I oh like that. Oh my god, yeah, that's a great idea. He's super creepy. Anyway. Super creepy, but he's also pretty affable. He could be likable, right? It's true. And uh, and and uh, seductive mm-hmm. in a way, and duplicitous as we've seen from as the Spider Man. The, as they say, as they do say, <laughs> that. they do say that. What do you got? What was the movie with Willem Dafoe and the the Irish? Brothers, oh, uh, oh, brothers oh, yeah, Grimm. Boondock Saints, Boondock Saints, Boondock Saints. That's right, Brothers Grimm, <laughs> yes, Brothers Grimm, the, the Irish, bro- the Irish Brothers Grimm. It's close enough. <laughs> I just love how confident you were. Oh, Brothers, brothers Grimm. Grimm, I got this. <laughs> Actually, coming soon to an episode of the Editor Bay. Mm. Boondock Saints, not Brothers Grimm. Although maybe that too. That was Heath Ledger. Wasn't it? Yes, it was. Heath Ledger and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my Colonel Ives. Mm-hmm. I have two there, and I'm going to go with one, and I'm going to say Gary Oldman. Yes, yes. Can nicely done. Wrong. Can never go wrong. Oh, I love him. it. Even having playing a midget. <laughs> still never go wrong. Tiptoes coming to an episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. We're overdue on that. Guys, uh, how would you recast Ravenous? If you have any thoughts about the movie, uh, let us know about it. Go to facebook.com slash editing bay uh, or in the search function, put in the editing bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes and go ahead and click on that. Talk back to us there. Uh, let us know what you thought about the movie. Let us know what your criticisms are, how you'd recast it. If you have ideas for movies that we can watch in the future, uh, go ahead and put your suggestions there as well. We've also got a website. Website, right, Joel? Oh, we sure do. It is editingbay.com. Please go there, bookmark it, and when you do, you're going to find all things you need uh, to know about Editing Bay. You're going to have a link to our Facebook page, the aforementioned Facebook page. Also, our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Follow us there. You're always going to be the first to know what movie we're talking about the following week. Uh, please like us there. 
Uh, and also on uh, the website, you're going to see uh, oh, links to uh, all of our past episodes in our little archive section there because we uh, we blew past 200 episodes in 2017 and uh, change just keeps on going. What are we on now? Like 217 or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so all that and more on editingbay.com. Hey, I forgot to. Do you guys have directors? Did you guys do a director for your movie? I did actually. Did you? I did not. Oh, oh okay. I'm the only one with the director. Well, I went with, uh, you may not know his name, Martin McDonough. But he did. Uh, he has a little He's history. Neil McDonough's brother. <laughs> That's right. He uh, he has a history with uh, doing black comedies. He did uh, Seven Psychopaths. And, um, <laughs> Tyler Perry. Uh, <laughs> different different kind of black comedies. Um, actually, that's not a comedy at all. They actually, have to be funny. It's a horror film. Yeah, uh, Seven Psychopaths and uh, In Bruges. In Bruges. Well. In, in Bruges. In Bruges. In Bruges. With Colin Farrell. That's yes. There you yeah. go. Wow, this is a very it, fantastic, a very feral episode. Circle. Comes full feral circle. <laughs> oh my god! I uh, I went with Sam Raimi. Of course. Oh yeah, I knew it. Uh, all right, uh, guys, if you would please leave us a rating and a review, that would be fantastic uh, on your podcasting app. Uh, on your on your Apple device, you could go ahead and click on that uh, podcasting application. And uh, then go to the search function, put in the editing bay, and um, then go ahead and uh, tap on our logo. It's that woman with the bleeding eyes. Leave us a five-star <laughs> Why rating. Why are you an NPR and a re- DJ all of a sudden? Here we go. And, uh, and leave us a five-star rating and review. And we would really appreciate it if you would give us five full stars. If you have criticisms, just make it positive. Don't be real negative about it. Um, because negativity just breeds more negativity. Right, yes. And that's not what we're here for. We need to come together. So if you would call and leave mm-hmm. a donation, uh, become a public radio nerd. Uh, <laughs> all right, no. So leave a, a five-star rating review. That'd be great. Let us know what you like about the show. Uh, and then recommend us to a friend. Help grow this thing. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do next week? Well, uh, this was our lovely guest pick this week. Uh, I did one the week prior. So, mm. Joe, I think you're up, buddy. You're up to bat. What do you I'm got? Up to bat. Let's hear it. Uh, this is a movie that I wanted to do earlier mm. in the uh, in the year, and we ended up kind of blowing past it. Uh, Probably it's, for good reason. It's a film that that I have a strong history with uh, because I was a big fan of the novels that it's based on. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm talking about The Dark Tower. Oh, the wow. Stephen King uh, adaptation. Just, it just came out last year. I know we're not talking about something that's you know that's too terribly old. Uh, but yeah, the Stephen King, the adaptation of the Stephen King novels, The Dark Tower, uh, starring uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Idris, 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 Idris Elba, Idris Elba, Idris, Elba. Idris. Idris. Idris Elba. Three different pronunciations. Uh, I always mispronounce the names here. Uh, but yeah, like I, I went and saw this movie with Sarah, and Sarah did not like it. Mm, uh, bodes I, well for me. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to, but I still appreciated what they were doing. You, you wanted to I like it I'm, super I hard. I think I'm an, a, a bit of an apologist for this movie, mm-hmm. because you're right. I think I really wanted to like it. Uh, and so I want us to kind of take a look at it together and uh, and go down this this rabbit hole. Interesting. So yeah, the, the Dark Tower, I don't know if it's on any of the streaming services, uh, but if it is, uh, join us, won't you? <laughs> uh, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next week for that, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. No, yeah, thank man. you for having me. Got um, anything to plug, awesome. buddy? Nothing to plug. Oh come on, plug your business. If you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you need some video shooting or editing done or producing. Go. Sure, yeah, go to video Brooklyn. blocks. Doc- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we've got that B roll. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, BrundageCreative.com, B-R-U-N-D-I-G-E, creative.com, and uh, we do everything turnkey, so. There you go. Well, it's been real fun. Uh, one of the things that I tell Joel is uh, whenever we have guests, uh, make sure that they they don't sound uh, or are actually more intelligent 
than we are. Uh, and so this is he fucking violated that. Uh, talking film with you is a little bit intimidating because uh, it's no. like, wow, you, you look at things from a really cool, fresh perspective and you've got the, the knowledge. He's uh, got some under his belt, too. Yeah, you got some under your belt. And you honestly know what the fuck you're talking about, so it's been really fun talking to you. About and, yet this, yet uh, <laughs> and yet he likes rabbits. And yet I love. This the is music. what you chose. <laughs> no, uh, thank you very much for having me. It was a blast. Uh, Long time listener, and uh, you guys are doing a great job. So blow me up, Tom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, take me out, uh, Challenger style. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. Jeff, thank you, sir. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week for The Dark Tower. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.